are listening to the Salty Witches Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Austin, and I'm joined tonight by Wendy. Hello. Unfortunately, Mike died, so he's not here. <laughs> he's here in spirit. Mike, are you here? <laughs> You're so funny. <laughs> I, I, We've I, made contact. I, I am indeed here. Oh. Yes, look, look at how quickly the planchette is moving across the spirit wow. board. Um, you're so funny, Austin. Yeah, I'm just going to make it known to all of our listeners that if anybody on this podcast were to die in mysterious ways, it would not be I. Mm. <clears throat> anyway, we've got a, kind of a fun topic tonight, I think, and um, one that was suggested by, um, again, I think another one of our listeners a while ago. Um, and a few people here at the shop. Yes, absolutely, yes. That's one of the reasons we've got Wendy with us tonight, actually, um, is because Wendy is, I think, definitely a, Wait, a good here? voice for this podcast. Sure. Yeah. Um, that was asked nicely. <clears throat> yeah, Austin basically, basically, like, twisted your arm and told yeah. you you were not allowed to leave the shop until you recorded <laughs> the podcast with us tonight. Um, okay, so our topic tonight is how to best raise a, a spiritually gifted child. Um, because I, I think that we're, we're understanding more and more that, actually, you know, that's a good question. Before I go there, let me ask you, you, for your, you both of your opinion on that. Do you feel that more children are being born with these gifts and abilities now, or that maybe we're just more open to these things, and so we have children that are have more opportunity to explore this part of who they are now. I yes. think we're more open. I think it's both. Yeah. I, I, I think it's both because we are having, um, you know, with the generation of parents that we have now, they're usually a little bit more open. Yeah. They're usually a little bit more accepting of these things. And so because of that, we are going to be having more children coming forward like that and being born. But then, and also another roundabout way, we are again, being more open to these things in society. So, okay. Right. So I think it's both. <clears throat> okay. All right. Okay. So again, going back to Wendy. Wendy, one of the reasons that I'm I'm happy you're here with us tonight um, is because you've you've raised children. Yes. And children that have spiritual gifts. Yes. And you, I think, um, again, you've you've got you you know you're you're really to be honest, you should be the one doing this podcast. Um, more so than Austin and I, but um, well, you were raised as that. That so uh, yeah, that that's, you are a child that was raised. Yeah. That's that's very true. So. Yeah, as as and is Austin, Austin as well. Yeah. So we have mm -hmm. kind of like the other side. Yeah. Of the of this piece. So, but I've got some some uh, you know topics here or some again some kind of points of discussion, and I just wanted to kind of like you know let's just let's just have a conversation. I wanted to kind of see what your take was on some of these. So. Um, we often have people come into the shop, right, or, or you know, contact, connect mm -hmm. with us in, in various capacities, right? Uh, and, you know, and, and a lot of these people are parents who are realizing, okay, I have a kid that's a little different, you know, and they're different in these ways, you know, and these are things that kind of fall into what we do with the work that we do as witches and magical practitioners. So, um, you know, they come to us and they're like, okay, what, what should I do? You know, what, you know, I, I feel like I'm really screwing it up. What can I do to really show up for my child better in this situation? You know, and so these are just some of the things that I think through the course of conversation all of us have had mm -hmm. with these people over the years as they've approached us and have asked, right? Um, and those of you listening, whether you have children of your own, whether you've raised children, whether you are thinking about it, maybe you've got no desire to have children at all, but, you know, but these are, I think, important things to be aware of or to consider. 
Um, I think whenever dealing, uh, whenever we're dealing with a, a child that is showing spiritual gifts, right, or, or extrasensory, psychic, you know, whatever you want to call it, right? Okay, so one of the things that I always start with, because when we're talking about how to best help or to support the child in these situations, we have to realize that one of the first places that that really needs to start is with the parent, mm -hmm. right? So one of the things that I really recommend a lot is the importance for the parent in that situation to make sure that they have done their own spiritual healing work. You know, if they are coming out of or have experience with, say, like religion or they have some other sort of religious or spiritual trauma, I talk with a lot of parents about that because they are going to visit that on their children in some capacity. You know, so what's your take on that? Like, I know, Wendy, you in particular, you've, mm -hmm. you've, uh, Catholicism. Yeah. Was a, it was a huge factor mm -hmm. in your, you know, in your life. Um, still is a little bit, I think, which is a yeah. good thing, right? Yeah. We, we love Catholicism. <laughs> so, um, so what's your take on that? In the years that you've kind of done your own work, you know, around that, how would you feel or, or would you agree that that would be something that would help? Absolutely. Um, religious trauma can affect not only yourself, but it can affect your entire family. And um, so I think that exactly what you said, you need to um, be open with um, your, your religious beliefs. And if you're raising a child that wh whatever your religion is, you got to understand that th this gift might not necessarily fill um, in that box of, you know, the religious beliefs. So, therefore, you might have to explore a little bit, you know, outside of that religion. I think, I feel like I'm talking in circles. No, you're good. Well, you're good. No, I mean, I think, again, you know, I think you were really, you know, you were, you were kind of clear with that. You know, and I, again, and I wanted to ask you that because... Mm -hmm. You know, you you had the influence of religion mm -hmm. in your life, um, particularly as your as your your children were much younger. Yeah. Right. You know, and so I'm sure you know anybody that's going to be something that is certainly going to influence mm -hmm. some of what you do as a parent, right? Absolutely. You know, and in no way do I want uh, any of this discussion around religion. I, in no way do I want this to sound like anti-religion. Correct. Um, this is not, and we're not trying to be anti-religion here. But if you've found for some reason that, that religion has not worked for you mm -hmm. and you have made the choice to remove yourself from that, you really do need to continue to do the work to heal any kind of associated trauma, um, whether this is to the benefit of your child or not. I mean, that, that's something that I think a lot of people really need to be, be looking at more closely. Uh, we see that quite a bit here in our area with uh, Mormonism. You know, like every day we've got Mormon people coming in who are leaving the church and it's like, oh my God, you know, some of the stories and the traumas these people have to share with us. Anyway, <clears throat> excuse me. All right. So Austin, what would you say, um, or in response, I guess, to this? So uh, one of the other things that I know all of us have kind of talked about with people is, uh, you know, in this situation is making sure that they are not putting fear into their children around the experiences that they have. You know, I think being able to create an environment that is kind of like, you know, we don't need to be afraid of these kinds of things. You know, you don't need to be afraid of these experiences. Sometimes you might see things or have experiences that are a little scary, but that's just usually because they're new and unexpected. You know, once you experience something a few times, usually like the fear tends to kind of go away, right? But I, I've noticed, um, 
that um, a lot of parents, you know, they have a child that is is sensitive in some way and their child will approach them, you know, with our shop spirits acting yeah, up. Yeah, hello. William? <laughs> hey, William. So I, the people who listen to our podcast, they're, they're familiar with our, our shop buddies late at night that make noises and move things. Um, <clears throat> but um, back to my point, though, on uh, not, not instilling fear in your children. I think a lot of times... Children are sensitive. They go to mom or dad because mom and dad are, are a safe space, right? And they relate this experience or about, you know, be. like, or should be, mm-hmm. you know, they relate an experience like, like, you know, I have like a shadow person in my room at mm-hmm. night that scares me or I, you know, whatever I see this, you know, whatever I've had this happen. And in that moment where you're hearing something like that from your child, it's so important that you don't like freak out or react in a way that is going to show or, or basically tell your child that this is a bad thing. We don't talk about this. You're wrong for experiencing this. You know, like this is, you know, so many people, I think, depending on their own backgrounds, are so fearful and superstitious of these things, you know, and that one moment is enough sometimes to tell that child that there's something wrong with me. And now not only is there something wrong with me, I know that I can't trust mom and dad with this kind of information anymore. This is something I really am gonna have to live with and deal with on my own. Mm-hmm. You know, and again, talk about trauma, right? So Austin, what's your take on that? About like, what, what would you say that people could do in those situations instead of reacting with fear or trying to instill fear? Empower, you need to empower your kid. You need to empower the child. Um, I can relay some experiences with this because I grew up in a family of psychics and psychic mediums. And, you know, at 11, when those things really started to kind of ramp up for me and this woman showed up at the foot of my bed with her head cleaved in half, I was terrified. I was 11. That was terrifying to see. Um, And my grandmother, she told me, she said, it's okay to be scared but it doesn't mean that you need to always be scared. Mm-hmm. And so we sat down and we had a conversation, a genuine conversation. And of course, I was crying because I was terrified. And she held me and she told me, next time they show up, you can tell them not now in the morning mm-hmm. or something like that. And you need to empower the child. You need to put power, the power into that child's hand. And if that power is monster be gone spray Mm -hmm. if that's just nice pretty scented water with lavender in it Mm -hmm. or some legit florida water or holy water then that's okay but you but you also need to sit down with them and let them know that these are just natural things these are things that are happening these are things that you can see and though it does feel scary it's not always going to be like that okay so so something along the run so like like validating the experience yes and then beyond that, doing something to empower yes, the child. Yes. So. After my, my, my grandmother passed away, I basically was thrown into this huge mental health, like, oh no, he has schizophrenia, he's seeing and hearing things. and It's true. And my parents, um, because even though one, both of them were brought up around this type of stuff, they're not into it. That's not what they do. Um, so I was taught that I was just sick. It wasn't a thing. And so that really, that really did create a source of trauma for me. And I was fortunate enough to have therapist, a therapist who sat in with me and was like, no, these things can most definitely be real. 
and let's let's look at this. And so if you invalidate your child or your niece or your nephew or just, you know, some kid who's telling you something they're seeing, even if that thing isn't real, mm-hmm. it's real to them in that moment. And acknowledging that they feel scared or powerless and letting them like simple acknowledgement will go so far telling your kid that doesn't exist you know you're being stupid Mm -hmm. stop it ignore it and it will go away telling your children these things just makes them more scared and disempowers them absolutely so i think austin and mike Mm -hmm. both said the key word that parents or if you are if it's a niece or nephew Mm -hmm. whatever any child you have to validate those feelings number one that's the most important thing is you know if it if it is the monster under the bed you still need to validate that because it it is real to them Mm -hmm. and um if you laugh at them or you freak out which I think we've had um, mm-hmm. a few people come in here and they are full-blown mm-hmm. panic mode because their child is seeing things. Yeah. Um, and you know what? Those children might be... Um, what, are, what am I trying... They're, they're maybe stirring those up because mm-hmm. they have abilities and yep. they just yeah. don't know quite mm-hmm. yet. Yep. Yep. So latent, latent mm-hmm. abilities. That's yeah, what yeah. I was looking yep. for. Yeah, latent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah... Um, yeah, don't. Yeah, th- those are the two big things. Don't freak out and validate those feelings. Yeah. Okay. Um, it's funny because as you guys are talking about this, I'm thinking of some of the interactions I've had mm. with parents over the years in this situation, and it's amazing to me how often um, people have contacted us mm-hmm. with stories around, you know, their the monster in their child's closet or mm-hmm. the monster under their child's bed, you know, and these are the stories they're hearing from their children, right? You know, or the, the, what, the one I love probably is the, um, imaginary friend. Yeah. You know, and how that behavior either continues long enough, they continue to hear from their child long enough, or there are, are odd things that begin to happen around their child. And they, so they end up bringing their child in and, and through the process of kind of checking their kid out, we realize like, Oh yeah, their imaginary friend isn't imaginary. Yeah. <laughs> like there's actually something here, um, and it doesn't need to be a scary, fearful kind of a thing. You know, most of the time it isn't, fortunately. But um, but yeah, I love to see the parents in those situations. I love to see their heads kind of explode yes. when we've had those interactions because um, that's that's kind of a big piece of the work that we do here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, well, there, there's an experience I had when I, I lived up north, and I had just barely like. Like I had just, it was a couple of years after my Gardnerian third degree initiation. I had, you know, I branched out. I'd started a sister coven. Um, and we had someone show up with a kid who was seeing this thing. And their mother was just absolutely terrified. Mm. White sage, white sage, white sage, white sage, white sage. And this kid's like, it's not working. It's not working. <laughs> and so finally, I, I sat down with a kid and I started talking to her and I started describing what I was picking up and feeling. Mm-hmm. And this kid just in tears. Mm. Like, why why can no one else see this and you can? And I I validated that child's experience, empowered them, and sent them home with, with a crystal mm-hmm. that I'd put something yep. on. I'd put a spell on it. And nothing. Nothing ever since. 
Well, God, look at you. Doing the Lord's work. Yeah. Hey, I have a soft spot for kids even though I don't like them. Yes, you do. I'm neutral. I enjoy children. Usually on rye bread. As long as they're Uh, not yours. Yes. All right. Yeah. All right, so that, that leads me to uh, kind of one of the next things that I know we like to talk about. So what what's your take, both of you, on teaching your children from an age, obviously, where, you know, where they're going to be able to understand these things, right? You know, but teaching your, your children that spiritual gifts, uh, these kinds of experiences, and even beyond that, building on those kinds of experiences into something that would be within the realm of, I would say, even like a spiritual kind of a practice. Mm-hmm. That those are, or that is something that sh- really shouldn't be compartmentalized. That shouldn't be something that is separated from other aspects yeah. of life. Agreed. Uh, I agree 100%. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Okay. I think we see that happen with uh, adult people. We have a lot of people that come in uh, to learn in varying capacities. you know. And one of the conversations that we have, particularly with uh, people who are experiencing frustration in their spiritual practice, is that they're... Um, you know, they're not progressing. They're not growing in the way that they would like to. And in the process of discussing that with them a little bit more, we realize that, you know, they have a special day set aside that, like, mm. this is just my magic day, no. you know? And, you know, and sometimes depending on what life is putting us through, maybe that's all we can manage. Well, sometimes but, um, we even do that. But we can't really, or I, I don't for think sure. it's as healthy for us to be separating those things. So... So what would you two say, like, what are, what are some, maybe some, some ways that you've seen or, or I, maybe things that you've done or, that have helped to integrate those things? And, and particularly, I guess, things that would be of benefit to children. Like, how, how can we better teach our children that, like, magic in the spiritual is something that just kind of weaves through life and it's a normal thing and, you know, and you don't need to set this aside or cut this part of yourself away? I, I think it's important. And with my children specifically with my my younger daughter because she has some gifts and um I started with an early age with her because she started showing signs at a very early age um that she was able to see things um and the I think I mean one of the first things we learn as witches or we should learn is how to ground Mm -hmm. and you know you don't necessarily have to use the verbiage that you do with um, adults, mm-hmm. and you know you yeah. can't see for your four-year-old kid. Hey, let's go ground. Yeah. You know, it's there. Huh? <laughs> um, I don't want to yeah, get grounded. Exactly. Yes. Why are you grounding? So me? if you do some basic things with grounding, taking you know, walking on the leaves, um, getting out of nature, you know, mm-hmm. the tree, getting, um, planting a garden, getting in that soil. Those are some mm-hmm. real earthy grounding things that you can do with any age of a kid Mm -hmm. that helps them with grounding. So teaching them from an early age to do those basic things as, you know, we would in our spiritual practice, um, you know, when we uh, would do, uh, you know, our protection of our house um, or a cleaning of the house you know they helped not only with the the mundane cleaning of the house but they also did spiritually so they went around the house with the incense and um the florida water and they you know did their little sayings Mm -hmm. you know um so involving them in that it's it's not just meant for adults you can do that at any Mm -hmm. age i mean Mm -hmm. and if you're talking about kids in school too 
you guys can make a sigil together and put them in their on their backpacks in their notebooks um, if they're feeling like we were just talking to one of our um, coven sisters earlier today and she's having a hard time with bullying mm -hmm. um, there's some you know things that you can do with you know kids that age whether you teach them a simple freezer spell mm -hmm. or you can yeah. have you know a little amulet and they can wear it to school there's just so much you can do and it it's just involving them and making it a, a usual mm -hmm. practice it's yeah. not yeah you know yeah yeah i uh my my grandmothers started me with uh with breath work and so and i'm not talking like super intense breath work mm -hmm. uh absolutely breathing yeah yeah I'm talking about simple in for four hold for four out for four I in for four that with my daughter now you know and <laughs> just on on a physical level mm -hmm. when you start to breathe deep um after a few seconds your heart rate decreases and you start to calm and your mm -hmm. blood pressure drops um if you've ever and i don't know how many of our listeners will connect with this but if you've ever been in a choral setting and uh the director actually has you like breathe and sync up with everyone you do that for a good minute what'll happen is you'll feel this in the intensity level in the room drop level out and it's the best rehearsal you'll have mm -hmm. i do it with my students all the time both witchy and voice so i had to learn i had to learn breath mm -hmm. breath work um it wasn't until later on when i started actually working in an official coven uh, and being trained that way where like you know the roots go down into the earth right. and the branches go up <laughs> and we create the circuit. Uh, until then it was just breath. It was being right. in tune with the body, you know? Um, now kids kind of have it really, really cool because they have like fidget spinners and texture yeah. things that they get to play with. And so you could have them do breath work and get the other senses involved, you know, get them that, that, that putty or mm -hmm. that, that slime that has a really cool texture they like and have them focus and breathe on that. And they can sell, or, uh, like aromatherapy slimes. Absolutely. You know? Is, are, are the slimes still the thing? Yeah, they yeah. still right. have it. It's uh, called brain okay. putty. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And and these are all things that you can do to create some really awesome magic for your kid and honestly for you. Mm -hmm. Okay. You know, stress relief balloons yeah. with the flower in them. Yeah. And lead by example, too. Yeah. I mean, you're, you are, as spiritual folks, which is whatever you may be, we are, you know, wardens of the earth. And when you're going on walks or going to the playground with your kiddos, you teach them to take care of the earth, mm -hmm. you know? So there's, mm -hmm. there's so much you can weave in with your mundane world that doesn't have to be, you know, on Tuesdays and every other full moon, mm -hmm. you do this with your kids. Yeah. Right. I know I kind of went on a tangent. No, there. no, you're good. No, you're I guess, good. Yeah. no, I like those personal, those, those personal. Yeah, no, you're, you're good. You're good. Um, okay. So this is another one that I've, I've, had some interaction with and i think to be honest this actually has a bit more to do with the adults in this situation right but we're really what we're talking about i guess in essence is we're talking about kind of like that symbiotic relationship you know spiritually between like parent and child mm -hmm. you know um you know under whatever circumstances right and you know and so um one that i've seen is this um Again, I want to say what would appear to seem what seems to me in the child in these situations to kind of create anxiety, and as a result, ultimately, I think fear. Mm -hmm. But more, I think fear around disappointing the the adults in this situation. And I guess what I'm going with is talking to your children and making sure they understand that it's okay for the things that they believe in mm -hmm. and for their spiritual practices to change. 
as they change and grow. That is something that I see that a lot of adults still kind of tripping up over, yeah. right? This idea that like, well, this is always how I've done it, mm -hmm. you know, and you know, and you're like, nope, it's okay for you to use a different colored candle this time. Yeah. You know, it's okay for you maybe to do this working on a different day mm -hmm. this time, you know? Um, you know, but I think to be able to um, kind of instill that in our children, you know, to be able to, you know, to tell them like you're, you're still so young and a lot of what you believe in and a lot of what is of value to you is really going to continue to change over the next several years easily, probably even after that, right? Um, and it, and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with this change. There's nothing wrong just because you're doing it today and this is how this is working for you now doesn't mean that this is how it will always be. Okay, um, yeah, because I think, like I said, I've seen situations where I've actually had, you know, or I've had interactions with children where they, they've explained to me through the process of a reading or, you know, whatever, just conversation, you know, like, well, this is, you know, kind of how I've always related this, or this is kind of how I, I continue to explain what's happening to my mother, even though maybe it isn't still happening this way, mm -hmm. you know, and it's like, okay, well, there wasn't an, an I think the, a level of openness around this discussion, maybe that there could have been. You know, and in that situation, you know, you can't blame the child, right? You've got to kind of look at, okay, well, you know, mom, what are you, what are you, what are you kind of doing in that scenario, right? Um, but so, what's your take on that? Would you guys kind of agree? I mean, I mean, I think we can all understand that, like, our our practices and our beliefs and things like they do change as we grow and we evolve and we change. Those things can also change, and it's not not a bad thing. Yeah. Right. Would you guys? Yeah? Absolutely. Okay. Oh yeah. All right. Okay. okay. I mean, I was. A gardenerian Wiccan for how long? No, oh, not. God, do we always have to go there? Yeah. Well, it's it's a it's a really good example. So you learn what not to do. Ha ha. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, you learn some good stuff. Yes, you in, are in amazing. Yeah. You're always giving me props yeah, yes. on those things. You <laughs> are. You are amazing. Yeah, so. Okay. What about this one? I to be honest, I think this is something that we. I keep saying we like I'm a like I'm a parent, but as adults, I think this is something that we just in general we should be teaching our children, our young people. And it seems to me that we're kind of living in a world now. It certainly seems like this a lot in our country, um, but we're living in a world now where these are things that are not valued, or these are lessons that are being lost. Like every generation seems to struggle with this a bit more, a bit more, a bit more. Um, but. What about teaching our children or teaching your child about like things like like empathy mm. and compassion and responsibility, personal responsibility and respect, just respect for just life in general. Mm. You know, those are all things I think that are so important to us as spiritual practitioners, particularly when we, when we factor in concepts like animism, you know, working uh, as effectively as we can with all the different energies that we, we experience. You know, if you really want to be the best psychic, spiritualist, whatever, you really are going to need to cultivate some degree of empathy and compassion. If you cannot have those things, you're never really going to make it as, as a good spiritual practitioner. And people can argue with me on that, but no. I'm going to tell those people they're fucking wrong. Um, so, so compassionate. You. So, right. Um, so again, so do you guys, do either of you guys kind of have, a, have an opinion on that? I mean, would it make sense or does it make sense that like these are things, can you see how those, those principles or those things kind of line up or how those would affect spiritual 100%. practice? I mean, just, just being a human being, right? These are things that we should be cultivating in ourselves, right? But, um. And that's honestly just good parenting, mm -hmm. number one. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, um. And again, leading by example, if you cannot show your kids how to be compassionate, empathetic human beings, 
you know. How can you expect them to do the same? Exactly. And yeah. you need to show by example and show, you know, you, oh, you need to be empathetic. Well, what does that look like? What mm -hmm. does that mean? Yeah. So. A lot of people don't know. It's odd, too, because I swear, like, half the world out there is running around claiming to be an empath. Yes. And, and, then, and they have they have no empathy at all. They don't, mm -hmm. they don't get it. So. I, I agree with that. Uh, on the flip side of that, you also need to teach your child not to be a pushover. Absolutely. You know, well, yeah. I mean, there's there there's a fine line between being empathetic, empathic, uh, empathetic, <laughs> and um, compassionate, and just pushing over and self sacrificing yourself to the point where there's none of you left. Okay, but I think okay. So I'm I'm interrupting you. Okay, but I'm gonna say because I think that right. there is. I know I'm very rude. Thank you. Sorry, that was a clear <laughs> lack of empathy on my part. Um, <laughs> but no, I um. I think from the way you're saying that, though, I think that kind of speaks to this idea that I don't think it's it's not really spoken about a lot. But based on the way people behave, it's this certainly seems to be the belief now that to be empathic, to be to have empathy and compassion is somehow weak. Oh, yeah. There's this idea that if you are a compassionate, kind person that actually does genuinely give a shit about other people in the planet, that that somehow makes you soft or weak. Mm -hmm. There's most definitely a thought around that. But there's, there's uh, again, there has to be a balance there. You can root for the underdog all you want, but if the underdog keeps fucking up, there comes a point where you don't root for that underdog anymore. Hmm. Right? Like, I guess maybe you and I have different definitions of what an underdog is. I don't know. If anyway. if the underdog is someone that you have entrusted to staying spiritual, um, it's a new up and coming reader, and they're just looking for a place to start. So okay, we're gonna issue you know here, here's a chance, mm -hmm. regular readership, all that stuff, um, and they're consistently showing up late and their grandma dies once every three months and they're suffering from mental illness that they're refusing to get um checked out for whatever reason because they need to keep their vibes high they don't need meds they just need to keep high vibes um but they've never been given a chance anywhere else so you sit down you have a conversation with them you try to be empathetic you try to be compassionate after that they mess up again so you sit down and you have to have another conversation mm. with them. And they're just not getting it. And no matter how kind you put it, to how blunt you put it, they're just not getting it. Because they don't have it within themselves, the capacity to love and respect themselves enough to do the job that needs to be done. That doesn't mean that you just continue to allow this individual to be a bad employee or reader. Mm -hmm. You okay. Just because... Oh well, I have empathy and compassion. Well, I'm not. I guess. I guess. I mean, again, that comes down to the difference we're discussing here around having these qualities, and then what you do with them, yes. or how you behave. Because you can be empathic and compassionate and still run around and be an enormous asshole, 
You know, it's true. Like in your head, you can be like, I feel really sorry for this person, and at the same time, give them the finger and run and speed <laughs> off, right? Yeah. You know, That's and so funny. you know, so so it comes down to I think what what is going on within you, what you have, and then what you do with it. Yes. Okay. And and again, I'm talking about your example. You know, in each of those uh, each of those pieces, the, the example that you were giving there, a lot of those actually seem to have less to do with the spiritual work and more to just do with the personality of that person, right? Just like who they are. Mm -hmm. You know, like if there's somebody who can't respect other people's time, that's that's who they are, right? That is, that's who they um, are, but that doesn't mean that we just accept that that's no, who they are. No, 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 no I'm not saying okay. that, no. But I'm, I guess I'm trying to focus this back on the spiritual component of what we're discussing because anybody out there, regardless of their belief and experience, can be late, rude, right? Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, just me a few minutes ago, I interrupted you very rudely. You even said rude. Rude. Um, all right. So this is, this is a tricky one because this is one I think that takes a lot of, well, this doesn't take power from me, but what makes this tricky, I guess, is that this is something that really is ultimately beyond both the child and the parent in this situation. But one of the other things that I think is really important is doing what you can as the parent of a child who has these kinds of abilities and gifts to help to cultivate community around that child. And that can be so tricky. And I, I've heard so many horror stories over the years about people who have joined a group because they were told that other kids in this group or that parents of other kids in this group were spiritually, you know, whatever. And it's ended up being a cult kind of a situation. Like I, I've heard those stories, but I, I, but I have to go back to the fact that there are times where as a, as a parent, you're, you're not going to be the only person that that child is ever dealing with. Right. You're not going to be the only adult, the only comforting voice that, that that child is ultimately going to need. And particularly as they grow, we understand, you know, as, as people who have children that sooner or later they get to a point where they, you know, maybe they don't want to talk to mom and dad anymore. They want to talk to friends. They right. want to, you know, they value everybody's opinion but yours, right? No. You know, um, and so, so to help to cultivate community around these children to actually do a little bit of work to connect with other people of alternative spiritualities or people that are at least just open to different spiritual paths and beliefs, right? And to do what you can to try to create social connections and friendships for these kids, or at least to give them the opportunity to do that, right? Mm -hmm. I think is really important. Um, I, I think, you know, I, I mean, you know, does that, does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, yeah. it would, it would seem to me, particularly if you have, we still live in a world very unfortunately where a lot of people who have spiritual gifts are, uh, you know, they, they receive hostility, mm -hmm. you know, they receive, yep. like, there are still a lot of people out there that are like, oh, you're a freak, you're weird, get away, you know, I was, I was that kid in school, you know, I, I remember that, and, you know, and, you know, and so I think if I'd had maybe even just one or two friends mm -hmm. that, like, were people that actually got it or were at mm -hmm. least open to that, that would have made a lot of those years a hell of a lot easier for me. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, so what's what's your take on that? Or, or uh, Wendy, and you in particular, I'm curious. Like, are uh, over the years, did you ever have experience where you were maybe more deliberate about choosing people that you knew would be like a bit more open? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Well, I definitely have had to vet some people out like mm -hmm. at the beginning there was well not at the beginning but when things were getting a little tricky and developing a little bit more with my youngest um mm -hmm. there was the group that shall not be named and i thought it would be good <laughs> to um get her around other yeah 
Hello. Yeah. Other um, people, even though they're not children, but that maybe their their children had gifts or mm -hmm. it, you know, but it didn't work out. So I do see that side of the coin where you have to be diligent mm -hmm. in vetting and being careful with that. I know my youngest does talk to her Uncle Austin um, when she's got issues. Um, <laughs> On occasion. And, Usually she just schedule, schedules a meeting with Tabitha. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you know. Yeah. Oh, girls. Anyway. Um, Tabitha gets it. I yes, know. girls. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I, I'm, I believe that I can trust anything that Austin would tell her. And because I know That's him the first issue. Oh, jeez. <laughs> no. Yeah, you, you're you're great, and you definitely have given her some great advice. So um, that, and I I think as the parent, even if you don't have abilities or you have different abilities, you as the parent or um, role model for that child, you need to. Um, do some research yourself and give them that information because you know you're not going to give a book to a preteen or a teen on psychic abilities or whatever their you know abilities go to and be able to um, help them if you're not well educated yourself so if you need to get out and take some classes yourself or buy some books and read some books and teach that child um, what you've learned and share with them, you know? Yeah. That, that's a great thing to do, I think. That's usually what I tell parents when they come in and they're having that. Yeah. Like, well, where do I start? What can I do to help yeah. my kid? And it's like... You, you need to. You, you need to yeah. start. Because if... Yeah. Go ahead and buy him that... Go ahead and buy him Psychic Witch by Matt Arnold. They're probably not going to read. No, it. no. So instead, Do it together. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Instead, yeah. get two copies. One for you. One for them. Go. Okay, we're going to read up to here. We're going to do these exercises. We're going to see if we can do them on on our own, and then we're going to like meet up in the next couple days. Yeah. You know, uh, and we're going to sit. We're going to discuss it and do those exercises together and see what we get because there's not really a wrong thing, and that's where I usually will send people to is like. So you want to help your child develop these gifts? Because most of the time the parent's just like, I want it to stop. I don't want it to happen. Right. And it's like, that's not how this works. No. Um, but with those parents who do come in and are a little bit more open, that's where I usually tell them is like, okay, well, you need to start getting your shit unlocked. Mm -hmm. And, well, I don't have any gifts. Yeah. Okay. So would it be so bad for you to learn how to do some breathing work? Would it be so bad for you to learn how to how to ground yourself when you're feeling overwhelmed, yeah. right? No, these are all healthy things that everyone should know. How and to do. even a parent that has a child with a disability as opposed mm -hmm. to an ability, um, they would do some research and find out about that. Yeah, they might not have autism or Asperger's, but mm -hmm. they understand it because they've taken classes, mm -hmm. they've read. Yeah. So it's in its it. I think it's heartbreaking that there's so many people out in the world that had gifts that were ignored and they weren't validated mm -hmm. and therefore they've lost them mm -hmm. yeah. or it, they, you know, have to work very hard yeah. to get back at them. Well, or they go the completely opposite end of 
actual grounded real practice and go into like quantum fifth dimension. They become light workers. Yeah. Yes. And it's like, <clears throat> or develop some fairly serious mental and emotional yes. health concerns. Yeah. Because we've seen that so happen good. too. Yeah. So, so good points on that, you know, helping to, to create a community, a supportive and healthy community for your child, I think is something that I think most parents are doing that regardless, right? If you love your kid, you're going to be doing that, right? You're going to be paying attention to, okay, who are they spending time with? What other voices matter mm-hmm. in their life? Right. And, you know, but, but particularly within the, the realm of helping to create kind of a support system for them with the spiritual stuff I think is really important for these kids, right? I think that's, yeah, that's a very important piece. Um, it's funny you talk about um, having interactions with these parents or you've talked about, you know, or like, I don't have these abilities, but my child does. And I think we all, all would agree that all, these things do usually tend to be genetic. Yeah. You know, and so it's funny because we've had interactions and I can think of one of our regular customers in particular who came in initially looking for information for her daughter, who is a fairly strong uh, psychic and then in the process of kind of following and learning and studying some of what her daughter was doing this woman disco- discovered she also had yeah. these abilities kind of along the lines of what you were mm-hmm. saying when yeah. you like she'd had these experiences when she was very young yeah. and because she had been told that these were bad scary things we don't do this yeah. there's something wrong with you you know now later in life you know she's like i just i reopened this door and, you know, and I, and I, and my daughter and I now have one more thing that we can bond mm-hmm. over. We both do this, you know, and it's been kind of cool to see the two of them grow together in that way. Mm-hmm. So, and Wendy, you mentioned learning, you know, um, what would you suggest to people who find that they are really, for whatever reason, they're just not in a position really to do that learning? Do you feel it's fair or would it, would it be a good recommendation to say like, you know, do some research, see if you can maybe find someone else that could be a teacher or a mentor to your child. I mean, obviously, yeah. you're going to check this person out very carefully, right? Because this is your child. Yeah. Right? Verify but, them. Um, but, you know, but if you could find someone that was a reliable source, yeah. you know, would you say... like? I think that would be great. Okay. And a little okay. mentor, you know? Okay. How great would okay. that be? A lot of people, I think, are, are hesitant mm. to do that. You know, we have, It's I a think, scary thing to hand yeah, your kids yeah, off to we have, else. Well, Yeah, these are... Well, and if you think about it, when you talk about abilities like this, you know, these can be very... Personal. Intimate mm-hmm. kinds of things, right? The experiences and the stories that would be related... These can be very intimate kinds of things, um, you know. And so, yeah. So again, obviously, you're going to be very careful with whoever you leave your child with. But I would, I would hope you'd be doing that anyway, you know. Um, but okay, yeah. Because I've had a couple of interactions with people over the years where they've been like, "Well, I don't feel good. I don't want someone else teaching my child about these things because then I don't really know what they're learning," you know. And then, I, and my response to that has always kind of been, "Well." you should probably be in the room too, yeah, sit in. you know, like, Listen. yeah, like this isn't just a, I drop them off for an hour and no, they go and learn how daycare. to, psychic you know, daycare. Um, exactly. There you go. Right. <laughs> it's not a yeah. voice lesson. <laughs> oh my God. We should do that. Psychic daycare. Oh God. <laughs> we should do something like that. We'd be, we'd be rich. I'm just kidding. Ew. No, um, Ew. but, uh, that's a lot of sticky. I don't, uh, yeah, I, I get you. Yeah. How are they always so sticky? Toddlers are. You can just yeah, bait them. They do get to a point they, where they're not sticky, Austin. They're stinky though. Yeah. Yeah, they always smell funny. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but And then yeah. teenage boys are the worst. Oh lordy. I, I know this because I was a teenage boy. Ew. Ooh. Let's not talk about that. That's disgusting. You were a teenage boy too. Never. Never. I was he just never. skipped that. He went right to I was mature never adult. A teenage boy. <laughs> hmm. <sighs> 
All right. Are there any, any are there any other things that we many other tips or bits of advice to people who might find themselves in this situation with a, a, a spiritually gifted child? Anything we haven't really kind of thrown out there yet? Really, I think the biggest thing is teaching them not to be afraid, right? We okay. talked about we that. We talked about that. But then we also have like getting them the help and the guidance they need. And those are the two things you can do. Um, as a parent, even if you don't understand it, even as a parent, if you don't understand it, uh, it doesn't matter if you understand. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter if the dead person that your child is seeing, you can't see. Mm -hmm. That doesn't matter. You also need to make sure that you do go the mundane route too. If you know for a fact that your child has had a traumatizing experience and they are starting to see and hear voices shortly after said traumatizing experience, mm -hmm. approach the mundane levels and the spiritual levels at the same time. Because your child could be projecting. Understand that when they are a teenager, yeah. it's going to get worse. Yes. The hormones. <laughs> hormones. They, they ruin... They, they, they ruin everything. Yeah, that's where 90% of poltergeist activity comes from. Let's, yeah. let's talk about that a little bit because I think that that's also something that seems to confuse a lot of people. So yeah. we, as people who, you know, we, we interact with a lot of people in this kind of particular kind of a situation yes. and we understand that children usually from, say, the age of like what? Up, I would say probably like up to the age of maybe like five or six they still tend to be highly sensitive. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They're very open to things, right? And um, I had a teacher once explain that to me because that was a question I asked once, and I remember him telling me that the reason that children, when they're so young, when particularly up to that age, about five or six, that they're so young, is that um, they're not fully living yet. Like, they haven't fully moved into this life yet. They're still, at that point, on an energetic level, still, energetic level, still kind of somewhere in between. Yeah. And so they are more open. You know, and then they hit to kind of like that age, like, you know, around six years of age where things start to maybe quiet down a little bit, not for everybody, but where they, in general, they kind of quiet down a little bit. Yep. And then say roughly from the age of like seven through maybe like 12, things are usually a little calmer. Yeah. Some and then as soon as like that prepubescence, like mm -hmm. that, that puberty and all those hormone changes hit, like if those kids were psychic kids, they're going to be insane as adolescents. They're going to have so much activity and and it really is i think an example of how our physical bodies with things like our hormones these kinds of things how those things can really so so drastically overlap oh yeah our spiritual bodies oh yeah um, i mean if you if you listen to stories of, of parents and even kids who were psychic teenagers essentially like there's some weird shit that goes down mm -hmm. nine times out of ten when someone comes in and they're talking about how there's things flying off the walls, and this is happening, and this is happening, and this is happening. My first question is, is there a teenager in the house? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. And if the response is, yeah, how'd you know that? My response is, cool. Your teenager's repressed ability, and it's now projecting outwards. Yeah. It's, it's taken on a life of its own. And, of course, the response is, fix it. And it's like, yeah. oh, it's something that they Give have the to sage. do. Yeah, and it's like, <clears throat> no. It's like, I can't, I can't pull your... Teenage son out of his, out of puberty. I'm so sorry. Yeah, you're so you're sorry going to have to that. learn to deal with this. You know, um, 
but so, speaking about that though, so we know though, going back to what I was saying about time. Mm-hmm. So once adolescence hits, there's usually again, and again, this is general, right? Generally, um, there's this period of time, roughly say between like the onset of adolescence or, or onset of puberty mm-hmm. up to say roughly probably like 18, yeah. 17, 18, where usually things are again, really dialed up pretty intensely. And then usually I find at that point, around 18, if the child, now young adult in that situation, is has had a, a relatively positive experience with their gifts and they've learned and they've studied and they've grown, usually they continue to kind of utilize those things, right? Yep. They continue to grow and learn. Uh-huh. Where if they've had kind of negative experiences or if they've grown up in households where there's been a lot of fear put on them over just these weird mm-hmm. things that are happening, usually that's when we see... The they they repress and they shut down. Yep. You know, and then for most of them, I think they go out through the rest of their, and they don't really worry about it, right? Yeah. Like they go through the rest of their life. It's not really an issue. But we see a lot of people who who come in and talk to us who are like in their 30s, 40s, some of them even 50s and 60s who come in that are like, I'm trying really hard to reawaken this in myself. And, you know, and it is, as Wendy was saying a few moments ago, it's so hard mm-hmm. to reopen that door once you've slammed it shut. Um well, it, it is, because ultimately what ends up happening is you, you, you repress so much that it almost, like, creates a psychic energy, like, buildup. Like, a buildup of psychic yeah. energy. And it explodes in different, different manifestations. Um, and that's not just the kids who repressed it. You know, even talented psychics or just kids who grew up doing it they're still going to have those emotional outbursts and those emotional outbursts if they're also a magical practitioner mm-hmm. uh, wielding that kind of that kind of oomph behind your own energy and your own aura and the energy of the environment can cause things i i shattered light bulbs you know like that's mm-hmm. just what happened once i finally got some control over it those things settled down um, but my grandmothers could always tell when something was going on because it wasn't that I was repressing my abilities, but I was repressing my emotions. Mm-hmm. So I was picked on growing up. They could always tell if I would, if I'd had a particularly nasty day with a bully because not only would weird shit start to go bump in the night at the house, pictures would fall off the wall. Um, it's going bump in the night. Lights would turn on and off. And they'd have to be like, okay, let's talk about this. Because I didn't want to talk about it. I didn't want I, I didn't want to have to deal with that. Um, I'd much rather deal with dead people than people. Yeah. You know? So, and when that's happening in your environment, as a parent, you're terrified. Because automatically you go to, it's not my child. Mm-hmm. It is something external that I cannot fight or protect it's my child from. Mm-hmm. Whereas your child, on the other hand, usually is probably either completely unaware or super aware. And on a subconscious level, most of the time, they're going to know it's them. Because they can feel it. Mm-hmm. That minute that they have that explosion and something flies off the wall, and then all of a sudden they're like, oh, <laughs> I'm, I, I, like, I feel a little bit better now. Mm-hmm. They, they know. Like, oh, it's probably me. Yeah. Um, and then they repress that, and that becomes another issue. Mm-hmm. So. Okay. Yeah, so mm-hmm. it's very important to validate encourage and empower these children even if you don't believe it so let me ask you guys this no as yes as children 
that grew up. Okay, so let's say a, a, somebody comes into the store, they have a child that has these abilities, and they want to um, help the child develop them. What is the 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 good reasoning? Why? Oh, what's the word I'm trying to say? So, what's the the whole point in developing these abilities? Like, how is it going to help them in their future? Like, if you have a kid that's <coughs> musical, you're going to help them, you know, musically give them music mm -hmm. lessons. So, if what's this going to do with for you guys in the future? Well, nine times out of ten, even if your child is musically talented, that doesn't mean that's going to be a career they're going to pursue. Right. Right. And yeah. so. When it when it comes, it's the same thing when it comes to psychic abilities and, and spiritual abilities. They might not grow up to be the next, you know, Mike or mm -hmm. Austin or Vlad or Tabitha, who's like, this is their job. This is their career. Mm -hmm. This is what they do. They might go off to just be an accountant. Mm -hmm. But the benefit is that they will be empowered. They will know how to use it for themselves and their family. Um, and chances are their child if they decide to have children or can have children will need help and they will be there to help them hopefully fingers crossed mm -hmm. I, I think in each of those situations it, it's, it's a little bit of a conversation that has to be had yeah. you know because you, you do you have to you have to look at a lot I think in, in particularly in that in that moment you have to look at a lot, at a lot of the parents motivation right um, like why you know why why you know, what, what are they looking for? Right. Not, not that they have an agenda of some sort necessarily, mm -hmm. but you know, but like, but you know, if they've noticed something about their child, you know, obviously this is enough of a concern that they've come in to talk to us about it. Right. You know, and like, so what did they envision this being for their child? Right. You know, because you could talk to the child and I've, I've been fortunate enough to have some conversations with some relatively young kids over the years who have already detected that I'm different. I mm -hmm. see things that other people don't or experience things other people don't, um, you know, but it's, difficult to sit and talk with a child who lacks just the experience and the knowledge of just life and how things work in the world right to get them to see like okay this is what this could mean for you years down the line mm -hmm. like they're not there yet right mm -hmm. they're not going to fathom that you know and so um but it, but it, i think i think it is still a conversation that needs to be had in that moment i would really probably say the best thing is or, or the reason why i would push for someone to allow their child to, to kind of learn and to develop those gifts mm -hmm. is that that's still a piece of who that child is. Yes. Okay. Right. And that's one of the trickiest things because we've, we, for me, because we've had a lot of people come in that have, as I think as Austin was touching on a moment ago, a lot of people have come in that are like, I do this. I've always done this and I hate it. Mm -hmm. Shut this down for me. I don't want this anymore. You know, and we've had conversations with people because there are ways that you can shut yeah. down. Yeah these abilities you can go and see other people who have learned particular energetic techniques we can shut you down but that's to me a very sad thing yeah. that's like going and asking somebody like hey would you please cut off my right hand yeah i was gonna say amputate leg. <laughs> you know like you know i this is a part of who i am i'm not really particularly happy with it but one of the reasons you're probably not very happy with it is you've never really had the opportunity to mm -hmm. develop it and get it to become what you needed it to be. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or you know? a lot of times, <clears throat> I don't intend, those people have been, put, fear has been pushed on them. Exactly. Mm -hmm. 
yeah, you know, yeah. they don't know how to how to read that experience. So for me, it has a lot to do with like this is part of who you are, and because of that, it should be honored. I love that. Okay. I love that. Um, beyond that, um, whether or not these people want to learn, and particularly as children, whether or not they want to learn or have the opportunity or the appreciation or the family support to learn, sooner or later, if they have these abilities, they're going to have some difficulty with these abilities. Mm -hmm. There will be something that they have to deal with that they probably don't want to. Um, you know, and it could be years and years and years yes. down the line, but why not have learned and developed enough to, to maybe put yourself ahead of that difficulty, yeah. right? Well, if we're, I'm going to pick off, back off of that. What if they're a physical medium? Yeah. Because yeah, what if they're yeah. a physical medium? Yeah, and that's very true. They are yeah. absorbing these, this dead energy and they are going through life not understanding how to get rid of it. Mm -hmm. And so they're just... They just succumb yeah. to just, I guess, I'm just chronically ill all the time. Mm -hmm. Now, that's not saying that all chronically ill people are physical mediums. That's also not, that's also. <laughs> Thank you for clarifying that. Yes. That's yes. also not saying that cro chronic illnesses are not a thing. You know, I'm not saying chronic illnesses are, uh, have a root in spirituality or, or psychic gifts. But if you think about it, we, we have a very powerful physical medium, Vlad, who works in the shop. Mm -hmm. And Vlad is very well learned. He knows how to get rid of these energies. He can work with them. And he's had that support grown up. Yeah, and he's probably mm -hmm. gonna yeah. he's probably going to live longer than your your run of the mill physical medium. Mm -hmm. However, with as sensitive as we know Vlad is, what if he what if that was repressed his entire life? Yeah. yeah. What if it was the absolute opposite? He'd be have so many health issues at this point that he uh, we don't know what would be with mm -hmm. them, right? And so it's important because not only is it just, it's a part of yourself and you should honor it and it should be honored by the people around you, uh, you could be potentially putting your health, spirit, your spiritual health, physical health, mental health, emotional health at risk by not getting some semblance of control over these things. Yep. And that's all I've got to say about that. We both had very long-winded answers there. Well, uh, it's because I knew you guys are passionate it's about it, and that. I figured people would have questions. Mm -hmm. Yeah, what's yeah. the point? Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. they yeah. folks need to understand mm -hmm. you're, yeah. you're stunting your child. Oh, yeah. Taking something yeah. away from them. Yeah, I mean, uh, your mother might tell the story about your first the first time that you had one of those experiences. Was this the underwear? No, this is the hotel. The underwear? <laughs> no, the guy, the, the guy across the street in the backyard. No, no. You know which one I'm talking yes, about. Yes, when, when you you and your, uh, the thing that used to run across the, the top of the. Oh. <laughs> Not that, no. No. When, when my <laughs> underwear. Okay. Floating like, underwear? The underwear? The what are we talking underwear. about? Oh, my like, God. You made some luck. I was like, underwear yes, I thought you were relating my, my an unfortunate <laughs> underwear mishap I had in a Starbucks years ago. Um, uh, um, which so I don't want to go into on this podcast. No, um, no. When when Mike was a kid, um, his, his he his mother and uh, sister would go on like road trips to visit family, mm -hmm. and they went to the, mo the this motel one time, and uh, you know, cat single mom, mm -hmm. so always making sure that things are things are good. Yeah, always putting kids first, and Mike is sleeping in this bed. And just starts to scream mm -hmm. and howl, and basically, it comes it comes down to it. Cat wakes him up, looks at the bed, and there's blood stains on the bottom of the mattress. Mm. She goes. Well, I, had a, I, had a, I had a so I had a fever that night. We stayed we stayed at a Motel Six. Is Motel Six even a thing yeah. anymore? Yeah. Okay. 
All right, so I just need to clarify for legal reasons that murders do not happen in every Motel 6, okay? <laughs> uh, we're not trying to diss Motel 6. Uh, but uh, anyway, but um, so we stayed in this room, and I did in the middle of the night. I started to have, uh, my mother thought I was having a seizure. Um, and then I started to, again, I started to scream and, and kind of make a lot of really horrible noises. Anyway, um, and I broke out into a really bad fever. And so fortunately we were staying in a town where, um, I, my, one of my older cousins was there and my older cousin was able to come to the motel and bring some, uh, like baby aspirin and some things to, to break the fever basically. Um, but I, uh, and of course I don't remember this, but my, but my family loves to tell this story. Um, anyway, but, and they, and they both have told in years since they both have related how, uh, you know, I was screaming things like, you know, like, don't, please don't kill me, you know, uh, you know, like you're, you know, just things like, you know, mm -hmm. like obviously. And, and yes, yeah, so the next morning, uh, once I woke up, yeah, my mother, um, she's also psychic and, you know, and, and I think she, because of that experience, she had, uh, the feeling like I need to, I'm, I need to look under the bed. You know, and so she did. So she she got me out of the bed and uh, she flipped that mattress over. And yes, the underside of the mattress was just stained with blood. Um, and she, of course, Im immediately pissed. She left my cousin in the room with uh, me and my younger sister while she went down to the office. And she screamed at the office manager, like, you know, what, what, what happened in that room? And they did tell her, they did tell her that like two weeks prior that two men had gotten into a fight in that room and one of them had stabbed the other one to death on that bed. And rather than getting rid of the mattress, they just Flip it. flipped the mattress over. Ooh, save a buck. And, you know, and didn't, you know, and so, so, and that experience is an interesting one to me because not only does that uh, speak directly to the topic of, of what we're doing tonight about how important mm -hmm. it can be as a parent to make sure that if you have a child who has these gifts that you are taking care of that or helping them to take care of that because... Those kinds of things happen, mm -hmm. I think, a lot more commonly to psychic kids yes. than is understood. You know, a lot of psychic kids relate, I had a bad dream, I saw the boogeyman in my bedroom last night, I, you know, and a lot of that is dismissed. And over the years, these kids grow up with some pretty real problems, I think, as a result, not only of the experience, but also not being believed. Yep. Um, beyond that, that also kind of adds... You know, at least to me, that gives me some, you know, I lend some credence to the fact that those kinds of traumatic events can become captured within physical spaces. Yep. Um, you know, which is another thing to consider as a parent. Yeah. Make sure if you're going to go somewhere with your psychic kid <laughs> that you've done a little bit of research into that place. Yeah. You know, you probably don't want to take your psychic kid on a, a tour of Alcatraz. Probably not a good no. idea. Right? Yeah. Probably not a good idea. Um, <clears throat> anyway. So... I, I took over that story. I'm so yeah, sorry. Where were you great. going with that? That that that's what I was saying. Oh, okay, like, right. what, yeah. would, what would have happened if your yeah. mother didn't believe in any of that? Yeah. Or anything like that, yeah. and you didn't actually. It was pursue. just a bad dream. Yeah. You, mm -hmm. you there would be some issues there. Or you were delirious because you had a fever. Exactly. Yes, yeah. I had a fever yeah. and I was just delirious. Yeah. Yes. Well, I mean, yeah. my mother, I, w I was a kid. This is I was like 11 years old, and I was getting diagnosed with fibromyalgia finally. Mm -hmm. You know, and. We're in the doctor's office, and my my doctor came in, and I just, it was almost like automatic anaphylactic shock. Like, my throat started swelling up, I couldn't breathe, and they thought, oh, he's allergic to cleaning supplies in here. Mm. And I saw this, his son walk in with him, and his son had hung himself. Oh. 
And so I I started using some of the stuff that my, my grandmother's taught me. I pushed it away. I got over it. And I, ta- I told my doctor, I was like, I'm so sorry that your son killed himself. And my doctor was just... You read him without his permission. I was 11. 11. <laughs> All right. That wasn't very ethical, Austin. I was 11. <laughs> and he, he, you know, cried. It was an emotional thing. But from that moment on, I, I, I told my grandmothers and I told my mama, I was like, I do not want to be a physical medium. I don't want that. And so from that moment on, I worked as hard as I could to shut that off. I would still see, hear, communicate you know but to this day and and you guys have seen this when we when we do the seances here if it goes for longer than like 40 Mm -hmm. minutes i yeah physical mediumship i start to get those symptoms i start to feel sick Mm -hmm. um and i'm just not here for it i've learned to control it a little bit better and so because of that i've been working on that a little bit more because like mike said it's a part of me and i should honor that Mm -hmm. and so i've been working on it because I now have better control over it. I'm a 30-year-old witch with several initiations, and I'm pretty badass. Yes, you are. <laughs> oh, my goodness. This whole episode has just been very self-congratulatory for you. Um, no. <laughs> anyway, are there any other points we would like to make on our topic tonight? Encourage, empower, and validate your kids. Mm-hmm. Do not take them to angel people. No. Oh, yes. Please. Yes, we should have said that yeah that's that's actually a very good point and yeah. i you know and i, I that's the first thing my mother-in-law said yeah take him to take her to an angel lady and in my gut i said no but at that point in my life i was that kid that had the power shut off yeah um and so i did that it wasn't a good choice but you know you learn yeah. you know and also learn to forgive yourself Oh, yeah. I, as a mother, have made mistakes, definitely. Well, I mean, but parents you are know, human. But human. With, with, you know, spirituality and, you know, looking back, I could have done things a lot different. You know, I didn't ignore it. I, you know, yeah, I do have some props for myself. But, you know, now where I'm at in my life, obviously, I think I would have done a few things differently. But, yeah, so learn to forgive yourself, mm-hmm. and, you know, it's never too late. They're still your kids. Yeah. Yep. Woulda, coulda, shoulda. Well, yeah, we yep. have to say, yeah, hindsight is twenty twenty. Yep. And, you know, and, yeah, and we're always growing and evolving. If we're going to talk about not taking your child to a, a new ager slash light worker mm-hmm. kind of a practitioner or a teacher, I think it's probably good that we clarify why. Yeah. Okay. The big reason I usually tell people to avoid... Just in general, just to avoid those kinds of practitioners, is be particularly where you're in the the topic of tonight's podcast, where we're we're talking about the well being of your child, is those kinds of mindsets and those kinds of practitioners are far more likely to gaslight mm-hmm. and to uh, basically encourage your your child to spiritually bypass. Mm-hmm. Yep. You, you know, um, you know, mm-hmm. to exactly. To, they're going to charge you. They're going to charge you an arm and a leg. They're going to charge you an arm and a leg to connect your child to some sort of higher self, guardian angel spirit, which is bullshit. None of that's real. Um, and you know, and in the process, they're going to have, particularly over time, if they continue to have exposure to your child, they're going to teach your kid all of those very nasty, toxic, positivity kinds of things, right? Which are certainly not going to help your child. Mm-hmm. 
and, and if your child is not only like psychically or spiritually gifted, but also may might be neural neurodivergent or on some mm -hmm. sort of spectrum, mm -hmm. instead of you actually getting the proper care to give them coping mechanisms to be a functional human in the society that we live in, Ew. you're going to be told, oh, they're a star seed. They don't well, get it because they're from another planet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That indigo child, yeah. crystal child, rainbow child, mm. starcy thing has been going on, I think, since the 70s. Yeah. yeah. And um, and I'm glad to see that we're finally realizing, like, the, the very insidious and evil roots of that kind of thinking now. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I figured it would probably be good if we kind of explained why you probably shouldn't take your kids to see yeah. these kinds of people. Yeah, because they're really, they're just, they're not... Well, they're also going teachers. to incite fear. That's what they do. That's true. You know, every, you, every kind of negative emotion is, is evil. Every spirit they encounter that makes them question, even for just a minute, is a demon. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah, it's, it's true. It's a, it's a... You know, you're, yeah. you're, you're, you're going to take your kid to this, <laughs> this practitioner, and this practitioner is going to say, send it love, send it love, send it love. Mm. And eventually your child, who is sensitive, because... Usually we do attract these things because they can see that, hey, yeah, like you can see me. You know, we'll eventually might pick something up, and they're gonna be sending this thing love and just making it even more parasitic than it needs to be. When you could just effectively teach them how to get rid of it. You you raise another good point, and I I know we're we're kind of running long on our episode now, but um, since you you kind of brought that up, and I guess it's good we talk about this because this is something I didn't have on my list of of topics to hit. Um, but, um, or points of information to discuss, um, psychics, people who are, uh, sensitive in these ways do tend to be beacons mm -hmm. for spiritual activity and whether you're actively using your psychic ability or spiritual gifts or not, you are highly likely you're still going to have spiritual activity kind of swirling around you yep. a lot of the time. Um, going back to the, the concept we talked earlier about, like, you know, uh, children, you know, children in particular. Um, well, yeah, 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 never mind. That's okay. But basically, um, you know, you, you can move into a house that is perfectly fine and energetically neutral. And, you know, and if there's a child in that family that's moving into that new home that is spiritually gifted in some way, within a year, that house is going to be haunted. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There will be something in that house. Um, and, and when I say that, I don't mean that to be, that doesn't mean that it's a bad thing. No. It doesn't mean it's an evil thing. Not all spirits are bad. But, um, but spirits will be drawn to people who have these gifts. And that's one of the other reasons why it's important, I think, to help you know, your child learn yeah. because they're, they're in some capacity, they're going to probably always have these experiences. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, oh. it happens to us all the time. Mm -hmm. Can't huh. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right. But, okay. so basically love your kids and make sure that you're not invalidating them because you yourself were invalidated and scared. Mm -hmm. Do not make your trauma their trauma break that chain yeah, so. well all right um i'm gonna thank you both thank you yeah. wendy for joining us tonight and and for contributing to our conversation on this i, I again i wanted to say I, I definitely i wanted to hear from you on this because i know you're 
You're the you're the parent in this situation, um, <clears throat> and you're also a pretty kick-ass witch, and you well, got you got your own you. gifts too. So thank so you. you've got I think you've got kind of both sides of this yeah. this situation going on here for you. Um, Austin is lost in his rosary here. Are you doing okay? Yeah, I'm um, trying to see where the center of it's gonna flip. Oh, I see. Okay, all right. Austin has this very cool Hecate. Hecate? Hecate. You just said Hecate. Hecate? Oh, God. I'm sorry. It's late. Ooh. It's late. Good you job, this, Aunt You have this Z. very cool... What? Aunt Z. Aunt Z. Zelda. Oh, you're funny. Hecate! She has this very Make cool... Make it right. I'll never hear the end of this now. I said, I said her name wrong once, and Austin will never let me live this down. Maybe she didn't say Hecate. Yes, Austin has this very cool Hecate uh, rosary, and he... Uh, He's been playing with it for the duration of the podcast. We're going to start, I think, um, I think we've talked about doing a Patreon for the podcast. And I think one of the benefits or one of the bonuses we're going to put on the Patreon will be like an actual video cast. Oh, then we have to brush our hair? So, yeah, we're going to have to like clothes. brush our hair Ew. and wear clothes. And, Damn it. Yeah. We're still going to dress like a schlub. I'll have to, not, schlub. I'll have to not pick my nose and stuff during the, the recording. Anyway, um, yeah, so anyway, but you won't be able to play with your rosary if we do a video cast or maybe you could i don't know that could be your thing we'll we'll workshop that we'll do we'll, we'll put together some focus groups i do what i want um anyway we're gonna call this an episode so anyway again wendy thank you so much austin as always it's a pleasure i love you too mm. okay <laughs> thanks everyone thank you for Bye-bye. listening have a good night